Root Simple Podcast. Low tech, home tech. Hello and welcome to the Root Simple Podcast. We're the audio companion to the Root Simple blog, where we cover gardening, home economics, and DIY living. This show is hosted by myself, Eric Knutson, and Kelly Coyne. We are the authors of The Urban Homestead and Making It, Radical Home Ec for a Post-Consumer World. In episode 21, Kelly and I discuss the ultimate slow food, quince, with the queen of quince, Barbara Gazarian, author of Simply Quince and Simply Armenian. Welcome, Barbara, to the Root Simple podcast. Yeah, welcome, Barbara. Thank you for having me. I suspect most of the listeners of this podcast will know what quince is, but just in case, because it's such an unusual fruit these days, uh, what exactly is quince? Uh, quince is a fall ripening palm fruit in the rose family that's um, considered or often described as the first cousin to an apple or a pear. And when ripe, which is just about right now, or at peak quince season, um, quinces turn golden on the, on the tree and um, emit a beautiful floral guava honey fragrance that is quite aromatic and can be sensed, I don't know, 50 yards away easily. And they need to be cooked. So they're one of the oldest cultivars in the world, uh, and they originate in the Caucasus Mountains of Georgia, Armenia, and northern Iran. And uh, where, where did you first encounter quince? I know it, it, it runs deep in your family. It does. Um, my Armenian grandmother and grandfather lived in a little mill town in Massachusetts, called Whitensville, Massachusetts, outside of Worcester, Massachusetts. And um, my grandmother had th- three quince trees. Um, most of the Armenians in town had quince trees, as they do in Fresno. Um, when they settled there, they brought quince to the valley. Um, and uh, she, every fall, picked those quinces um, and made quince jellies. Uh, and uh, quince preserves. So I grew up with them. Quince is not exactly popular these days. Why do you think it is that quince fell out of favor? Uh, Quince was actually um, much, much more popular uh, in this country. It was uh, was actually one of the first cultivars brought by the Puritans um, to this country, to the Massachusetts Bay Colony um, in 1629. Uh, by the Puritans, and in colonial cookbooks, it's way more popular than the apple. Um, But in 1919, something happened in this country that really sort of put the first uh, nail in the quince's coffin, and that was called Prohibition. And Prohibition then, of course, prohibited the the making of um, Applejack, uh, across the country. And so uh, all of a sudden the Apple people said, gee, we have, instead of making mash, we're going to make, we have a few edible apples, aperitif apples, so we're going to start an apple a day keeps the doctor away. 
And at that point, um, all the marketing went towards the favoring the apple over the quince, um, which was really has to be cooked. So um, the final coffin, nail in the quince's coffin, was um, Knox, a guy we know for his um, uh, pectin, his artificial pectin, and that was after World War uh, two, when artificial pectin and supermarkets became popular, and then no one needed quince for its high pectin content to uh, use in jams, you know, jams and jellies and um, other thickening for pies. So quince then really was on a ski slope down in popularity. Now, quince we most commonly think of as needing to be cooked, but we actually planted a couple of years ago a tree called carp sweet quince, which allegedly can be eaten raw. Now, there's some controversy about that in this household, Kelly, right? You know, well, we debate. Whether- I mean, our tree is very young, and so it hasn't had many fruits yet, but the fruits I have tried <laughs> raw have not been delicious. I think they're better cooked. But you mentioned in your book that some people do eat quince raw. Um, I think if you've grown up like m- most of the Latino population, um, or m- you call them Hispanic on this side of the country, um, if you grow up eating quince raw um, from you know Chile, Mexico, etc., and and you've grown accustomed to it, um, then those people still eat raw. Some um, also some of my Armenian friends from Istanbul, Turkey, Turkey, they'll eat it raw. Um, to be honest with you, I'm going to quote David Carp, whose Carp Sweet Quince you have, um, who, you know, named, you know, who who named is, whose name it's, you know, credited to. He basically describes raw raw quince as eating slightly moistened furniture leg. (laughs) (laughs) And I think David (laughs) is right. There is a, um, I'm going to say there's a small group of quince lovers. David might be still one of them. Um, Certainly Joseph Postman, who's the quince curator um, at the USDA Germplasm Repository in Corvallis, Oregon. He is sort of the chief quince person for, in my opinion, the search for the aperitif quince, um, which is the one that can be eaten raw. Um, To me... Quince needs to be cooked uh, if, to bring out its flavor. It just has way too much pectin. Um, the pectin kind of needs to be softened or released from the cell walls of the fruit in order for you to get that beautiful blush color that it adds to holiday foods, as well as get get uh, the succulent sweets and the and astringent flavor of the fruit when you taste it raw dissipates and 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 then really the quince comes to fore in the kitchen, in my opinion. Now that that red color is, is an interesting phenomenon. How it turns color? What what's that? What is that all about? Um, yeah, that's a great question. And that's really what drew me to devoting three years to doing a cookbook solely devoted to the quince, because I was a molecular biology major in college. And 
when you cook quince and you cut it raw, as maybe everybody knows, it looks like uh, the inside of an apple or a pear. The flesh, the raw pulp is cream colored. But when you add a little sugar and a little citrus um, and you poach it or cook it over time, slowly, the slower the better, slower and long, it's, it's the quintessential slow food, it changes color and it changes color to a, a fantastically, I don't know, fantastic holiday red. It's a ruby red color. And that does, that's due to the fact that it's extremely high in antioxidants. So the cooking breaks down large compounds called phenolic compounds. And those compounds break down during that slow cook process and release their color. So uh, that it's like a cooking quinces to me, like being, uh, ha being participating in a sixth grade science experiment in your kitchen. That I think is the most wonderful part of quince other than it's absolutely wonderful aroma that fills the house. So yeah, that's what I was going to add. It's so beautiful to watch the color change and then that aroma kicks in and there's just nothing quite like it. And, and that deep color is, is the same. Are those the same antioxidant compounds that um, are, are so good for you that people seek out in blueberries and pomegranates? Those deep red and blue uh, colored foods are so That's good right, for you. That's right, Kelly. Yeah, the, it is. Um, unfortunately, I've asked a food scientist and um, the cooking process, according to her, does um, detract from the health aspects of the antioxidants. Mm -hmm. So I can't claim the health aspects but with the quince, but it sure is gorgeous. Well, anything that looks so good and tastes so good makes you so happy really can't be unhealthy. I know. Everything <laughs> in moderation. <laughs> but I agree. It's just a beautiful way to, to cook for the holidays because, of course, I think of red as sort of the holiday color, right? So, mm. Well, that flavor, and it's so, you know, there, there's kind of a very short quint season, correct? And, and, it, and it matches the holidays as well. It does. It does. In California, quince comes in. The pineapple quince comes in first. Um, it'll be around by Labor Day generally in your farmer markets. And then the later fruits uh, will be around until... Thanksgiving easily, uh, but you will even be able to find fresh quinces grown in California and um, specialty food markets, mostly Latino markets in Fresno or probably in Cal um, LA, all of your Armenian or Middle Eastern markets that sell fresh produce will always have quince. Um, your farmer's markets, the um, Hollywood market on Sunday morning, farmer's market down there, sh there's always quince vendors. And you'll find fresh quince through the holidays. Wrong. And then they have a pretty decent shelf life, too. That's so what they'll I was go until say. end of February in your home. So they can just sit out, right? I, I noticed in your um, in your recipe book, you you said you know that you keep the you keep the quinces on a bowl on your table for the scent that they exude, and yeah. and then they keep like that. So they're 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 like an air freshener you can eat at will. Right? Yeah, absolutely. They, or or cook at will. <laughs> yeah, cook at um, will. Yeah, they do. I I take there's a fuzz on a quince, 
Um, and which is kind of nice when you grow the quince, there's a soft down on the leaf, underneath the leaf of the quince. Mm -hmm. And it's that same soft down, which is um, removable, unlike a peach down, you know, which it, this one you rub off because the skin, the, the actual peel of a, and skin of a quince is, is much more like an apple. Mm -hmm. But it has this furry down on it. And uh, I do like to remove the furry down, um, which just run it under uh, each of the fruits under fresh, you know, running water for a little bit and rub with your thumbs or maybe a kitchen towel. And it will keep the quince a little bit um, longer generally. Hmm. So, and so, but quince will keep, um, keep for a long time. I mean, it, uh, just I, at room temperature. Yeah, Does um, it matter? I used to, you know, I live in Pacific Grove and we're foggy all the time. So I would keep my quinces in um, the ones I wanted to cook with uh, in in my garage. And that was probably about 55 degrees. And they kept for months without turning. Once in a while, I get a little one that will turn, you know, and then you just cut, use that next and cut around the turn. So, but that's what they use. Um, they use quinces as fruit fresh, as uh, aromatic fresheners in closets in Greece mm -hmm. uh, and uh, throughout the Middle East. Now, in addition to moving that uh, kind of fur on the outside, the quince is notorious for being difficult to core and to prepare. I wonder if you had some tips on preparation. I do, and you can get um, – I even posted a headless queen, <laughs> queen website, you know, video on YouTube that you can access through my website at www.queenofquince.com. Um, the, just for your listeners, the, the biggest thing is do not cut through the center of a quince. The, the core of a quince. Uh, uh, oops. Let me. <laughs> do not cut through the center <laughs> of a quince like you would ha to have an apple or, or a pear. Um, you will ruin your knife. You will, you will ruin your shoulder and end up with carpal tunnel. Um, so that's not a good idea. Um, the core of a quince is incredibly gritty and sturdy. And it's also, um, not like an apple, it's it's a which is sort of a circular and more regular shape. The core of a quince can be off-centered, um, oblongy in shape. So what I do is I I cut the top and the bottom off of a quince like I would an onion, and then I have a stable bottom. And then I peel the quince around with a uh, with a, a potato peeler up and down, and then I look at the quince and I cut with a fruit knife, shredded or it's. A, unfortunately, they don't sell fruit knives anymore. Rachel Ray did, and she had this seven inch fruit fr fruit knife that she sold that was really inexpensive, which which was charade and it's absolutely perfect for quincing but you cut around the core now you'll get quarters and the each of the quarters will have still a little bit of that rock literally rock hard core and all of the core must be taken out otherwise your fruit um your whatever you're going to do with the 
quince is going to taste gritty. So that's oh. where, yeah, it's <laughs> we've been taste down that gritty. road. <laughs> it will not cook down. So I have on my website what, and in my book, I call it, it I call it the quince coring tool. And in my book, I actually name name it after um, f- friends in the valley who. Uh, introduced me to it. I actually call it the Fresno Armenian Ladies Kitchen Widget, <laughs> um, and it it was originally a peach pitter, but it's a very pointed, um, galvanized steel, uh, razor sharp, can be resharpened tool. That then, when I have that each uh, the quarter of the quince, I can tell where that hard quince core is I stick it stick the point of this tool in and I just twist and it pops out like in a little cone shape and then I'm good to go you need to follow that procedure and if you do if you're a cook that cooks is willing to make an apple pie a fresh apple pie then you're a cook that can cook with quince it's really no different if you as long as you don't fight that core all right. Well, now we've we've prepped our quince, and one of the things I really liked about your your cookbook, uh, Simply Quince, is that you go way beyond, I think, what most Americans associate with with quince, which is preserves or maybe membrillo, if they're familiar with with Spanish cuisine. But you go beyond that, and you show that the quince can be used in many different kinds of savory dishes. I wondered if you had a few examples or could share a favorite uh, savory quince recipe. Um, yeah, I actually, um, that was my goal. The traditional use of quince, quince is in, um, it's the basis of the first marmalade uh, from the 1600s in Portugal. Um, and it was and it's the basis of um, basically jams and jellies. But I took me three years. And um, remember, I was doing this before really the Internet and Internet access to recipes really exploded. So I had been collecting recipes over a decade long um, time on quince. And then um, I tested over 400 quince recipes <laughs> over a three-year period of research time in order to kind of whittle my collection down to 70 recipes that range from quince salsa to quince-infused grappa, and uh, to really showcase that mild flavor, it's really a, once you cook it, it becomes a very mild sort of gentle flavor. And the biggest problem I see when I see other folks um, post quince recipes is that they will use very strong flavorings, like they'll say, um, use the uh, one vanilla bean and scrape it all out. Well, if you use more than one inch of a vanilla bean, because vanilla is a really strong flavor, you're going to overpower the quince. So you, you might as well just make a vanilla dish. In my opinion. <laughs> um, so 
when um, savory was one of the goals of the of my book, um, for the vegetarians in your crowd, I think the um, the stews are some of the easiest dishes to make because you only need a couple of quinces, so you can easily find those at you know any farmer's market, and they're not going to set you back. Uh, much financially, but the vegetarian quince and parsnip medley on page 87 mm-hmm. is one of my absolute favorites. And when I go to the California Rare Fruit Growers um, annual potluck in the winter, that dish is definitely one that I always bring to my Monterey Bay chapter. Um, and it really sort of uh, uses a little curry and cinnamon and ground pepper and some red pepper flakes, but it the gentle sweetness of the parsnip and the gentle sweetness of the quince, along with like a meaty chickpea and a little a few currants. It's just an awesome dish and. Um, and another one, of course, is a classic, and that would be the um, uh, the classic one is the lamb and quince tagine, uh, which comes kind of from Morocco or Persian base, you know, sort of a Middle Eastern base. And that, too, is has beautiful chunks of lamb in it. The quince adds a little astringency. There's a slight sweetness. There's a kick. The whole, the lot of my recipes, I found quince really did well. You almost have to sweeten it a little, but then you add that sweet with a little bit of fire. And uh, that combination is just awesome. That sounds amazing. Now, our local Armenian supermarket has a huge amount of quince at this time of year. Inexpensive, FYI, for anyone in Los Angeles. It's Super King. has all the quince you'd ever need. I was wondering what Armenian people do with quince. Oh, that's a good question. We mostly, um, I think that uh, the Persian Armenians will make that, will we'll use it in a stew, the lamb and, and uh, quince stews, always. And you have a lot of Persian Armenians um, in, in L.A. They will also, um, they always will use, the neat thing about quince also is that absolutely every single bit of that fruit is usable in the kitchen, which is really not, you can't really say that with almost any other fruit that I can think of. But one thing the Armenians buy my cookbook for is the medicinal quince seed tea. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I read that. 35. <laughs> Yeah, because we all grew up when we got sore throats or we had a tummy ache. Um, our mothers, um, our grandmothers always had dried the quince seeds. And those quince seeds, when uh, basically when they're put in water and boiled a little bit, they emit, they emit this um, very uh, mus- muscalage. And that mu- muscalage is then added to a tea with a little fresh lemon. And it's the, I don't know, it's the old, uh, old country cure-all. So when Armenians often see my book and they look and they see the tea recipe, they buy the book immediately. But, <laughs> Yeah. Otherwise, they'll do probably the the quince. Um, uh, I think classically they'll do the quince jams, 
in particular, the Armenians from Western Armenia, which is the old Ottoman Empire. The recipe on page 127 of my book called Ottoman Quince Preserves. That's my grandmother's quince preserve recipe. It uses chunks of quince in a jelly that kind of float in a jelly. Mm-hmm. And um, anyone from Turkey is going to say that tastes like home. Okay, I we we already used all the quince from our tree. You're making me so want to go to Super King yeah. right now well, and just, buy a bunch yeah. more quince. Well, you said they were in a good value. Yeah, we gotta yeah. go get a bunch of them. I mean, the, yeah, the the recipes in your book are all just. I, I got hungry just reading them all, and I would have a hard time deciding where to start. Now, one well, of the yeah, go ahead. Well, just I just you know. Um, this was a really fun book for me to do. And I, I, you know, I put a lot of effort into it. And, but I think if I, if I added anything to the culinary world, (laughs) you know, if I made a little contribution with this book, um, I really think it's in the area of figuring out how to poach quince which is the classic recipe that I put. It's really the first recipe in the book. Um, and, Once the quince is poached, okay, which means that now you have these beautiful, succulent, orangey, rose-colored pieces of fruit, then that poached quince becomes an ingredient. And that's the cool thing about the book, because... And you can also poach quince, and I am looking at a jar right here that I put up a year ago, and I put it in a simple syrup so it preserves. But then once it's poached, it keeps its shape, unlike its cousins, the apple or the pear. And then you can put it in in all sorts of other things, like you can use it in all the salads that I have um, or included in the collection. Or one of my favorite is the creamy cauliflower quince gratin, which is a fabulous, again, vegetarian dish to bring to a potluck for the holidays. Or in the quince roasted cashew dressing, which is to die for um and that then on your hollywood on your you know on your thanksgiving table here you have a dressing with um you know it includes some pork sausage and you know all the good things a dressing should do but it has the longer you cook quince the redder it gets so all of a sudden you have this wonderful stuffing next to your holiday turkey and it's red it's got this wonderful little sweetness to it that sounds wonderful and of course it goes in all the pastries too Mm. which uh, yeah i was looking at some of those too and uh yeah we we have to we have to get working this season Kelly, um, you know, one of the reasons we do this podcast is completely self-serving, is to call up wonderful people like you and, and ask questions that we've been curious about for a long time. Now, you're also the author of a book, Simply Armenian, and we're going to take a little tiny detour, self-serving detour here, which is oh. there is a local Armenian, uh, I think they're, they're, Leb- Lebanese they're Lebanese Armenian. Armenian. They're, well, they're oh. Lebanese Armenian. Okay. And they serve, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, uh, Mahamara. Uh, Mahamara. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, uh, 
And we've been trying to back engineer it for a long time. I, and I noticed you you had a you actually had a quince mahamara recipe too. So maybe we can talk uh, about what mahamara is and and uh, I just you- well, I was just going to say I think that this particular restaurant's mahamara is different. I don't. I've, I've been looking in any at any recipe I can find for mahamara for a while, and none of it compares to this this particular restaurant's. Oh, it's just like heaven, <laughs> but I think yeah, it's made but, okay, oddly. So is the Mahama? Yeah, the Lebanese actually do. The Lebanese do um, Mohammeda probably better than anyone else. Um, although I haven't really tasted the Syrian. I, I, the Syrians, unfortunately, they're probably not cooking much right now. But they, mm. uh, they actually, the Syrian Armenians are are purported to be the best um, cooks in the Middle East mm-hmm. as far as Armenian cuisine. So, but um, my husband is was born in Aleppo, Syria. He's hundred percent, you know, Christian Armenian, and his family lives in Beirut. Um, so uh the Muhammadan, that's that you you really you really got me. This is great. Um Muhammad is a spicy hot walnut spread, right? Is that right. what you're talking yep. about? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Finding a good recipe for Muhammadan is so tough. And if you what color is the one at the restaurant? The one is, is deep red. It's like it's like it has all the things that make your pleasure sensors in your brain explode, all concentrated in the smallest possible space. I suspect it has almonds in it, which is unusual. Everything I see is just walnuts. But the recipes I've tried to make have all come out kind of a, a nasty pink color. Whereas this really? one, this one, yeah, it's like, you know, is there, maybe there's too many walnuts and then there's the pomegranate syrup and they're kind of insipid. This stuff is, is uh, kind of, it's thick. It's like a pesto and it, and it's just full of nut and full of garlic and full of pepper. And it's just got maybe it, fresh roasted pepper, right? Fre- Isn't that one it's of the just things like about it? pow. It's so good, but uh, it, it, you could eat it by, like one spoonful and you would just be left twitching for a while. <laughs> they say it's his wife's secret recipe and they're like, they're never going to tell us how it's made. Yeah, no, I know. That's the thing. I, they really do hide those recipes. I try, okay, I do have a Muhammadan recipe in my book. Um, and I'm going to be honest, it's not what you're describing. I, it's, you know, I, I, it's good. It's okay. It's not great and I have I too I mean you're not the only people (laughs) that are in search for the best Muhammad recipe and I don't I can't tell you how to find that other than you know you're already married so you can't marry their next of kin (laughs) for the secret you have to do espionage and sneak into their kitchen and I definitely, I, I took down a recipe. I mean, I'm so in search of that too. I was in, there are the Armenian, there are about four Armenian markets in Watertown, Massachusetts, and I'm from the East Coast. So the last time I was in Watertown, I saw there was a great Muhammadan recipe by, at Sevon Bakery in, uh, on Mount Auburn Street in Watertown. And it w- was also put up for sale. So they actually had to put their ingredients on the label, right? So I took a picture of them. <laughs> and I, so I too, um, but you know, red pepper, basically water, walnuts, 
breadcrumbs, olive oil, garlic, lemons, palm molasses, you know, white pepper and cumin, but gosh knows how people put it together to get it as awesome as what you're describing. Mm -hmm. um, AJ's restaurant in Fresno, um, we were there the other night because I'm working in Fresno right now. My husband was there and they have an absolutely great one too, but it was less on the walnut and more on the roasted pepper mm -hmm. and um, the red pepper. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I knew. We should give credit since we've been bragging about it. It's, it the restaurant's called Marouche uh, here in LA that we love the just so people, if they're curious, they can go to Marouche and uh, and try their Mahamara. People probably think we're crazy, but it is the most delicious food in the entire it's a little universe. Bit, it is very much like pesto. I don't know if you're the type of person who would eat pesto just off the spoon, you know, before it ever gets to the pasta. It, it's like that. It's like a red pesto almost, the way they make it. But you did a quince version. Um. I don't. Did I do a quince? You did. You did. It's in your book. <laughs> All right. We're, we're like that, too. Well, I know. We don't remember we anything always we write. What's in there, uh, I don't remember doing it. <laughs> 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 oh, which one? It's uh, simply quince. It's in there. I know, but which? What, do you remember what? I don't. We'll have, to, we'll have to make it. <laughs> See how it turns out. Uh, back to quinces. You have a you have a team quince. You want to say what team quince is? Oh, team quince. Well, team quince is a, a very loose, loosely organized um, group of quince lovers, um, and we pretty much interact um, on my Facebook page, which is Queen of Quince. And um, we came together, actually, very, very loose. I mean, we kind of all keep in touch and sort of talk about our quince trees and promote quince, the growing of quince in the garden. And we're loosely organized around the promotion of the revival of quince, both in the garden and on the table. But this year, in particular... Um, the California Rare Fruit Growers declared 2014 the year of the quince. Good. Yay! <laughs> quince. So, yay! Go quince! So I actually had printed up "Got Quince Buttons," <laughs> which I guess my husband didn't send you either. <laughs> okay, I'll send you one with a book, with a simply Armenian book. But um, so. Uh, we had the California Rare Fruit Growers, the North American Fruit Explorers, and the Home Orchard Society of Portland, Oregon. Um, together, I politically incorrectly call them the United States Fruit Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> and we, they had a convention in uh, Portland, Oregon this summer, the first week of August. And I was one, the keynote speaker um, on the Quince Revival. And there were over 200 backyard orchardists. And we talked about Quince, among other things. And, they, and that's essentially what Team Quince does. 
We sort of make sure that Quint stays on the map, gets on the map, is talked about. Um, and since the publication of two, in 2009, August 2009 of my book, Simply Quince, that was really the bottom of the Quince market. I mean, mm. this book put a floor on the quince market in the United States. And it has, there has been a substantial revival since then. And I say I'm a benevolent queen. I encourage everybody and anybody to experiment, to use my, my recipes as a base, to go off and do their own thing. Um, there's now a huge, a well-renowned a restaurant in um, outside of Chicago in Evanston called Quince. There are backyard Quince companies, little companies now. There's Vermont Quince in Vermont. Um, there's San Carlos Quinces in Oregon. So there's a little like cottage Quince industries coming on. Well, hopefully, many more people will consider working with Quince and planting Quince trees. Uh, where can people connect with you? You mentioned, face, mentioned Facebook. Um, where's the best Face place to buy your book? And uh, tell us a little bit about your website. Um, yeah, my website um, basically is um, a great way to kind of keep up um, on me and where I might be speaking next. Um, it, uh, the accolades section has um, a lot of uh, articles written by really outstanding writers um the new york times um uh did you know featured quince uh and and my cookbook at the end of it on what to do with quince um in in one of its um food you know, wednesday food editions um npr there uh etc so there's a lot of information on Quince, but then the actual more vibrant, easy to keep up on um, is the Facebook page, which is Queen of Quince, or um, sometimes I tweet, which is Got Quince, <laughs> um, and you can access all of that. And I um, I answer emails. Um, I get email queries from all over the world, um, in particular. Um, Australia and New Zealand, there's a lot of, uh, they love quince down there and they grow a lot of quince. So I get a lot of uh, queries about how to grow quince or stories from people from there too. So, Well, that's great. Uh, I want to thank you, Barbara, for yes, being on the thank podcast. thank you very much. Well, thank you for your interest in quince. <laughs> <laughs> Thank okay. you so much for talking to me today. I hope everyone listening uh, got, uh, got a little quinced. <laughs> <laughs> that was Barbara Gazarian, the Queen of Quince. Her website is, of course, queenofquince.com. We had two questions in Facebook about quince that I did not have time to ask Barbara about during our interview. One was from Andy of the blog Autonomy Acres. Andy asked, what are the best varieties for Zone 4B? Dwarfing options and preferred rootstock. I'm sorry, Andy, I forgot to ask Barbara about the dwarfing options and preferred rootstock. But in an email, I did ask her about the Zone 4B question. Barbara said, Zone 4B is chilly. If the question came from the U.S., I'd go with a Boyer quince, champion or apple quince variety. 
It was found a century ago in Pennsylvania and marketed by Boyer Nurseries. See the Got Quint section of my website. I have a Boyer in Rhode Island, and it's hardy. Having said that, I'd plant it where it is sheltered from major wind. My neighbor here in L.A., Laura, asked, I'm having a hard time finding the quince you have in your yard. The source you listed doesn't have them on the website. Any local sources for quince? Laura was asking about the carp sweet quince, which I had ordered several years ago from Rain Tree Nursery, and it does appear that they don't have it anymore. And in fact, I wasn't able to find a source for carp sweet quince anywhere. Perhaps the California Rare Fruit Growers would be a place to go. Or basically, I just recommend ordering bare root trees now. Uh, It's October, if you're listening to this podcast at some later time, from baylaurelnursery.com. To leave a question for the Root Simple podcast, call us at area code 213-537-2591 or send us an email at rootsimple at gmail.com. We are Root Simple on Twitter. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment for us in the iTunes store. We're also on Stitcher. And you can support the Root Simple podcast by buying a copy of one of our books through the Amazon links on rootsimple.com. Our theme music is by Dr. Frankenstein. Thank you for listening. Thank you.